We live in a world filled with poor thinking about God. You are not going to go through life constantly struggling, pressured, weighted down by problems. This is a new day. Ease is coming. We should be learning all we can about him, but our lives are so busy. Ain't nobody got time for that. In the hustle and bustle of daily life, where can we find manageable nuggets of truth? It's not that easy. Another voice has emerged to meet this need. With a face for radio and a voice for silent films, what could go wrong? Stand by. Red 5 standing by. Almost there. We would be honored if you would join us. It is unavoidable. It is your destiny. For bite-sized theology. feeling about this hey everyone welcome to bite-sized theology the podcast that digests the word of god my name is joe westbrook i will be your host for the next half hour and i want to thank you for joining me well today is sunday june 18th happy father's day to all of you dads out there and to those who are not dads yet for uh, whatever reason you're not married uh, you're having difficulty conceiving um you know, I guess those, you know, for those who uh, are choosing not to be fathers, you know, that's, that's a, I guess that's a, a different thing. But for those who desire to be fathers and that ha just hasn't happened yet for whatever reason, uh, I just want to urge patience on your part. Uh, who knows exactly what, what the Lord has in store for each of you individually. Uh, I would pray certainly that all who desire fatherhood would be blessed with that. It is a tremendous blessing to be a father uh, and to be raised by a father, to have a father in your life. And uh, <clears throat> it's something that, uh, that I learn and relearn and relearn again uh, on a daily basis, multiple times a day sometimes. Well, it's been a busy weekend here uh, in my household. Uh, we, we had the blessing of spending Friday evening with some friends from church, and it was uh, a little bit of an adventure to get there. Uh, we have a uh, minivan with with the uh, automatic sliding doors, and the driver's side sliding door decided that it didn't want to close. Uh, we did manage to squeeze all three children into the back of my Saturn. Uh, it is pretty tight back there. Um, car seats are not space friendly <laughs> uh so that's that's an adventure in fatherhood right there uh we're glad to have our van of course it makes traveling much easier with our family uh, the car works but uh it it is tight and when our kids get just even a little bit older old enough that they still need car seats or boosters um you know it's it's going to be even worse if we get stuck down to that so i guess i i might be considering uh Switching the Saturn out for something else, something uh, that would be at least as fuel efficient as the van, if not more so, but have a little bit more space if we had a need to use it for the whole family. So that was that was our uh, our fun on Friday. We had a, just a wonderful evening with with this couple from church, and uh, it was just a, a real joy to be able to spend time with them. They're a little bit younger than we are, and um, you know, but they're they're. Uh, just supremely dedicated to Christ, and it's a blessing to see them live uh, live their marriage out. Uh, they are a, a couple that would love to have children, and it it hasn't happened yet. And um, you know, so just kind of my wife and I, our, our hearts kind of break for them. This 
with each passing month, uh, and there's no news. Um, and it's, it's, uh, I know it's, a, it's a trial and a struggle. Uh, we know that the Lord is with them and they know that the Lord is with them, but it's still hard to be patient. And then, uh, see, today, yesterday, then Saturday, we went to, um, Adventureland. Well, not, not Adventureland itself. We went to, there's a, there's a hotel associated, uh, with Adventureland. And, uh, it's the Adventureland Resort or Adventureland Inn, I think. I forget the name of it. Anyway, it's right there, right next to Adventureland. Uh, and, uh, a friend of, a friend of ours, um, is able to get discounted tickets to the amusement park through her work. And so my wife and two of her sisters and this friend, they're all going there today. They're actually there now. Uh, happy Father's Day to me. I'm, I'm home with the two oldest children and, and just put them down for naps uh, so that I can do this and, and do a few things around the house and, and have just kind of a, we'll just have kind of a quiet afternoon here, which is fine. Uh, you know, if, if don't feel bad for me, I, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's fine. We wouldn't go out uh, likely and really do much of anything anyway and my wife feels kind of bad but it's it's good that she gets out to to do stuff with her friends and her family uh and uh, we just we couldn't afford for all of us to go and it was going to be a real hassle to try and watch all of the children at the amusement park our our son lucas he could he could handle it he, he'd be okay although um uh, last year when we went when she really enjoyed his cousin was able to go and she isn't able to go this year she's a couple years older than he is and, uh, so he would have had to do his rides by himself and, uh, but our daughter really, I wouldn't, most of the rides, I don't know that she would be big enough and, uh, it'd be, she'd want to be bouncing all over the place. So, uh, so my wife took our youngest, uh, cause he can still be contained to this car seat or the stroller, uh, which is real handy. Anyway, so yesterday we were out at the Adventureland Inn or whatever it is. And, uh, we, we went swimming for a little while in the pool. Um, or mostly I just sat in the water mostly and held uh, held Nathaniel and let him splash around and he really had fun and Lucas and Melody and and their aunts were kind of tooling around in the kiddie pool and uh, the kids did the slide a little bit and that was a lot of fun and had some pizza last night it was it was a good weekend it's tiring though uh you know just uh not being in your own home not being in your own bed it's it's definitely tiring and so I'm hoping that the two kids for sure Lucas and Melody I hope that they will get a really really good nap today uh, we did make it to church this morning, a little bit late. We made it just as, basically just as the sermon was starting, uh, or actually just as the pastor was finishing the introductory uh, portion of the sermon right before he uh, prays for the message. And uh, so that was, <laughs> you know, we were we were that family today. Um, we didn't make Sunday school at all, um, but uh, it was it was a it was a good day. It's been a good day. So. Anyway, so I want to talk about fatherhood. Uh, surprise there. Really surprising, I'm sure, to, to anybody. I had another topic in mind. I'm not totally uh, prepared for uh, for that topic, uh, and this just seemed more appropriate. Um, so uh, I want to, we're just going to kind of go through just a few uh, verses here and there throughout throughout Scripture um, and uh, maybe make some comments. Uh, hopefully it'd be an encouragement to fathers. Um it just kind of a side, or an interesting note. I typed in the word fathers, so I have the the Logos Bible software, and I typed in the word fathers in the in the search engine for uh, all Bible text in all passages uh, in the authorized version or the King James. Uh, I assume it would be uh, about the same in most other versions, but anyway, in the King James version, there are one thousand six hundred and seventy five occurrences of father, fathers, fathers with an apostrophe. Uh, it just you know pulls the 
pulls the whole thing. So, uh, 1,675 occurrences. I didn't check for mothers, um, so I don't have a comparative there. But fathers are important now, and and of course, a lot of these a lot of these instances of father would be like so and so was the son of so and so, or or so and so was the father of so and so. So there's a lot of occurrences of that, like that. Um, and uh, um, you know, but in the just kind of scrolling through here a little bit, um, you know, especially once you start getting into numbers, I think towards the end of numbers and into Deuteronomy, you start seeing a little bit more. Um, Deuteronomy one eight says, behold, I have set the land before you go in and possess the land, which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give unto them and to their seed after them. Uh, you know, so their fathers, uh, it's, um, uh, forefathers, uh, ancestors, uh, you, you know, it's, uh, speaking, the Lord speaking through Moses, uh, to, uh, to the people of Israel to go in and possess the promised land. And it's, it's a land that God had promised to, to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And it's a promise that carried through. And here, uh, they were prepared uh, or in a position to, to enter the promised land. Um, and I forget my chronology here. Uh, I guess this must be, um, this must be before, uh, before they um, sent the spies throughout the land and ended up doing their forty years of wandering in the wilderness. Uh, verse eleven: The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as ye are, and bless you as he hath promised you. Um, behold, uh, verse twenty-one: Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee; go up and possess it, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. And kind of what I want to pick up here in Deuteronomy: You know, the Lord God of thy fathers, or the Lord God of your fathers, uh, swearing unto your fathers. Um, just the concept here. So this is this is uh, you know speaking ancestrally. Uh, you know, the, Israel had had and still has a rich heritage in the Lord. Uh, God, you know, called Abraham, Abram at the time, called Abram uh, out of his land, out of his homeland, and and took him on this incredible journey, uh, showed him the area that Abraham's descendants would eventually uh, come to possess, or, or, you know, this land that was promised to them. Uh, and Abraham, he lived in, lived in and around that land uh, for decades uh, and never actually inherited it. There was just a little plot of land that he purchased as a burial place for uh, his wife. Um, but he never owned uh, any of the promised land otherwise. And so there was this promise that carried through. Uh, Abraham, of course, we hold up certainly as one of the heroes of the faith. Uh, he's mentioned uh, specifically in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 11, 11, 10, 11, Hebrews 11, uh, you know, these great men of faith. Uh, and, you know, by being a great man of faith, that didn't mean he was perfect, of course. Um, you know, and then Isaac, his son, uh, we don't actually really get a whole lot about Isaac. Isaac's story is really almost just kind of a, a parenthesis, uh, just a just a short little aside. Really, there's not a whole lot about Isaac, and a lot about a lot of of what Isaac is given for uh, uh, page time in Scripture. It's not very flattering. Um, I I do believe that he he loved, served, and trusted Christ, or Christ trusted God. Um, you know, uh, you know, Christ had not been revealed as such, 
Uh, but you know, I believe he trusted God. I believe you you know followed him and probably you know obeyed him at least to a degree. But um, you know his his life seemed really you know he was marred by uh, you know showing favoritism to uh, Esau and and the uh, Rebecca showing uh, favoritism to towards Jacob. You know, so there was, you know, you know, kind of this family strife that was created in part because of, um, you know, not, 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 uh, not showing appropriate, uh, you know, relations, not, not, not loving, not loving in a demonstrable way, apparently not loving his children equally. Um, and that's, that's a hard thing. Uh, you know, I've, my children are still young, uh, and, and, you know, not their personalities not, are not entirely, uh, you know, made known to me. At this time, there are things that I enjoy about each of my children. Um, you know, different things. I you know enjoy just kind of you know the way that they act in different ways. Um, I'm not going to say which one's my favorite. <laughs> I try. I try not to have favorites. Although it's it's hard not to have a favorite. You know, if you have a child who is particularly obedient, and then the rest of your children are especially disobedient it'd be hard not to you know say like well this this obedient child that's my favorite because they do what i tell them to um uh, i hope to encourage in my children you know just a diversity uh you know and, and uh, of talents and gifts I, I hopefully can meet them where their specific interests are found so that they will uh, develop into the people that they should be individually uh, and that they will supplement our family um, so, you know, Israel, um, you know, as they're preparing to enter the promised land, there were a, a lot of people who, who were discouraged by the report that was given, uh, by the spies, uh, the spies, uh, you know, they sent out 12 spies into Israel or into, into the promised land, excuse me. And two of them came back and it was Joshua and Caleb came back and said, Hey, we can, we can do this. You know, God's with us. It'll be fine. You know, it's, and it's not that we're doing this under our own power. It's God's, God's with us. It'll be fine. And the other 10 said, Oh, you know, and not, not that they told a lie, you know, the, they said, you know, there's giants in the land and, uh, you know, uh, the way it, there's some phrasing in there, it's potentially, uh, that the inhabitants of the land, uh, you know, maybe were cannibals, uh, or something. You know, they gave a true report. It's not that they lied. They gave a true report, but, uh, I think it's, I think it's written that it gave, they gave an evil report. As in, uh, they gave the report in such a way that it discouraged, uh, the majority of Israel from wanting to go forth. And then that entire generation was not allowed to go into the promised land as a result. That's, you know, they had to wander in the desert for 40 years until that whole generation died. Joshua and Caleb, out of the spies at least, being the only two who were spared. It was, but I don't, I don't think that necessarily everybody in that generation was there for, um, you know, not trusting in God or not obeying God, uh, you know, maybe by and large. They may not have trusted or obeyed in this particular instance, but I, I would imagine that not all of them at least lived under a pattern of disobedience. Um, you know, but you do see throughout, throughout scripture and throughout the old Testament, how, um, how the, how faithfulness was not transmitted very well to subsequent generations. Let's skip forward here a little bit. Um, 
Let's see. And I think it's in, there we go, in Judges. Um, let me pull this up. Excuse me. Um, so Judges, chapter 2. Okay, so um, let's just start in verse 1. And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum and said, I made you go up to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out before you, or from before you, but they shall be as, a, as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass, when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept, and they called the name of that place Bochim, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. And as you can see here, um, Bochim apparently uh, translates as weepers. They, they wept, and so they named the place after That's just an interesting, uh, you know, just a side note about you know, names uh, in, in the Old Testament in particular. Anyway, when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went, every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. And all the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being an hundred and ten years old, and they buried him in the border of his inheritance in timnath in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. Uh, let's see, And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them, into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. So here, you know, Joshua and um, and, and, and his generation, or the generation of elders that that was alive during Joshua's day, uh, and and then perished or, or died after after Joshua died. Um, they well, they did not trying to think here uh some of them may have been old enough to have witnessed the the miraculous um uh, uh well the exodus out of egypt and for for sure they saw the lord's provision uh during the wilderness wanderings and they, they all died and then the generation that followed did not obey god they didn't follow god and you know, here you see, you, you wonder what in the world happened. Oh, one of the things is that they they were not seeing, um, uh, said, nor they didn't see the works which he had done for Israel. So maybe they didn't see the miracles. And that's, you know, you could blame God on that. I, you know, I guess, which although that would be a really dumb thing to do, but to say that, you know, why why God would use miraculous things in one generation and you know and and convince them of His power and then. Uh, not do it for the next. Uh, you know, you can get to a point. You you're seeking after signs, seeking after um, 
miracles after the flashy things and you know forget the substance uh, of of who God is and and what we're called uh, called to anyway so evidently there was a failure in transmission of what God demanded um, evidently it did not pass on uh, I'm going to jump back to Deuteronomy here uh, and this is a familiar passage. Starting uh, De- Deuteronomy 6, we're going to say, Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son, and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. And here's a very familiar passage, starting in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, <clears throat> which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you, for the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee, and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God, as ye tempted him in Massa. And then it goes on talking about keeping uh, keeping commandments. Um, and... I've I've heard this passage um, spoken to as, or spoken of as being applicable specifically to fathers. Uh, now, there, I mean, the the command to raise your children properly uh, is given to both parents, but uh, fathers, uh, if you remember talking about Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter five, uh, with fa- or husbands being the the spiritual head, um, put up here. A husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is is the head of the church. Um, husbands have the responsibility. Husbands and fathers they have the responsibility over the family, um, for, you know, for the spiritual being of the family. Uh, this passage in Deuteronomy um, is a, is certainly a, a famous text in homeschooling circles. Um, you know, as Israel Wayne points out in his book, uh, Education, Does God Have an Opinion? Uh, subjects are not uh, philosophically neutral. Um, I mean, you know, you can, you can apply them in a way, uh, you know, or, or wrongly apply them in a way uh, to, to make them be something other than what they should be, uh, which would be honoring to God. Uh, you know, so th- this command here in Deuteronomy 6 to, you know, to teach the children uh, evidently did not carry over 
beyond Joshua's generation, uh, you know, because of the, the great, um, just the great, uh, uh, apostasy essentially that happened in, um, uh, in Israel that, that <clears throat> caused them to fall away. And then, you know, through, uh, they went through the book of Judges, um, if you recall, they had they had this pattern in the book of Judges where they would be obedient, they'd, they'd be blessed, uh, saved out of whatever bondage or affliction they were they found themselves in, and then once they you know were in good you know in a good position again, then um, you know they would forget and they would lapse back into idolatry, uh, and they would get afflicted and oppressed. God would basically send uh, you know, or allow. Some, you know, somebody else, some other people group to come in and oppress them, enslave them, and they would be, oh, I, oh, oh, what happened? You know, oh, we should, we need to remember to serve God, and they would call out to God, they would cry out to be saved, and He would send a judge who would save them, uh, you know, or they, they would be saved out of their affliction. It was just the cycle, and it seemed like every time the cycle repeated, the affliction got worse and worse, uh, and it, but they just never, they never seemed to, uh, you know, keep it together. Uh, you know, and, and had, you know, if you have that generational transmission of what God desires going on, um, you know, passing, you you know, you can't guarantee necessarily that your children will be saved. But if you are faithfully, as a parent, discharging your duty to teach them, to to train them uh, in the things of God, if you're doing that faithfully, um, you know, essentially, you know, on the one hand, what happens to them after that if they choose to ignore it or choose to disobey it? That really is on the children, but you know, it just feeds and feeds and feeds. Uh, Israel also had, you know, more uh, of a uh, of a generational dynamic in their families, where you'd have um, parents, grandparents, you, you know, great grandparents, I suppose, if they were still living. You know, but you you had this carrying through. Uh, you lived in close community. Uh, you know, potentially shared the same physical structure. Uh, you know, the same house structure, you know, that is, you know, building on rooms uh, as each generation comes in. Uh, so you'd have that, you know, where if the grandparents were faithful to God, uh, they would continue to have an influence. Uh, and then ideally the parents would be faithful to God. So you'd have that double influence and the children would be more likely to, to go on. Uh, something else, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 uh, starts off, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. You know, and again, it's it's unconditional. Do it because it's correct. Uh, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So fathers, there's a big responsibility uh, put on your plate. Uh, you're to be the spiritual head of your family. You're to love your wife unconditionally, sacrificially. You are also to teach your children and not provoke them unto wrath. Um, I think part of this is letting children be children. Um, and I struggle with this. You know, you, you forget sometimes, you know, just because you have a child who can converse reasonably well, you start to think, well, they should know all these all these things, you know, when I tell them to, to do this or that, they should just know how to do it, and that's not necessarily, you know, they should just, you know, automatically clean up after themselves, and they should know how to run the vacuum cleaner or start the dishwasher. Well, if you haven't trained them, you know, how can you expect them to know? And even if you have, you know, you showed them once, uh, you know, well, even adults sometimes need to be shown multiple times uh, how to do something, 
Um, but you know, patience is is certainly the order of the day. Um, real quick, I'll be swing down to Proverbs because I think there's at least a couple things I wanted to pull in, and we'll wrap up. Uh, get that Psalms. Um, uh, Proverbs one verse eight, my son. Hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Proverbs, of course, was primarily written by Solomon, son of King David. And so this is to his son, I presume, Rehoboam. Um, you know, hear the instruction of thy father. Proverbs 3.12, From whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Actually, that's important. Fathers, you need to be involved in leading your family spiritually, making sure that your children are learning uh, not just, you know, academics, but also learning about God and coming to know who he is. And you need to be involved in the discipline of your children. Uh, as your children get older and they are able to uh, keep in mind, you know, I did this thing, uh, you know, may, it may be more appropriate that as they get older, the, the discipline waits until dad gets home from work. During the, you know, at this point in time, unless it's, you know, very shortly before I come home from work, uh, it's more appropriate for my wife to discipline my children because they might not even remember uh, by the time that I get home what it is that they did uh, that deserved discipline. Uh, a call to children. Proverbs 4 verse 1. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. Uh, 620. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Um there's a lot involved there. There's definitely a lot for, for dads to keep in mind. Uh, so we're going to wrap up for today. Uh, just kind of a whirlwind little <clears throat> ditty through uh, through scripture. A little, little talk about dads. Dad, I hope that you're out there and having a good day. Uh, all of you dads. Uh, I hope my dad is having a good day too. Actually, I should remember to call him. <laughs> if you haven't yet uh, called your dad or talked to your dad, uh, let him ha let him know that, that uh, or wish him a happy Father's Day. Uh, I encourage you to go out and do that too. If you have that opportunity, if, if for, uh, you know, if for whatever reason your father's just not available, you know, if he's passed on or, or other things, um, you know, uh, think of your father well. Uh, I hope that you can think of your father well. Perhaps there's somebody else who has served uh, in a role as father in your life, and uh, you wish them well as, uh, as well. Uh, I do want to let you know that if you can, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do so through a few different means. Uh, you can email me contact at bitesizetheology.com. That's uh, bite-sizedtheology. Uh, the website, www.bitesizetheology.com. Again, bite-sized. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at bite underscore sized theo. You can also join the Facebook group, Bite Size Theology. Uh, There's no dot com there. Uh, it is a closed group. Uh, you'll just need to request uh, permission to join, and I'll check out, make sure that you're not a bot or a spammer or something. Um, I may be making some changes in the near future, uh, and we'll get more information out about that uh, as the time comes. Uh, just some. Uh, uh, I can't think of the right word. Basically, putting a, putting a whole bunch of stuff. Condensing is the one word that comes to mind. Um, putting a whole bunch of things under maybe the same umbrella uh, in order to save a little bit of money, a little bit of time, and kind of not split my efforts so much between some various things. We'll keep you up to date on that as those things happen. I need to talk to my wife about some stuff, and and uh, you know, saving the money would be something I think she'd be very in favor of, uh, and uh, you know, other changes and such will be important too. So anyway. Uh, stay tuned for announcements. Uh, check out the Facebook group. Come and get engaged. Uh, we'd love to have you participate 
and uh, uh, or, you know, or contact me through one of the other means. Uh, hopefully, if you have something that you'd be interested in hearing about, you can let me know that, and that'll help me just kind of guide future podcast episodes. Uh, you know, I'm content to come up with topics on my own, and uh, but if there's if you've got a burning question. I encourage you to drop me a line somewhere, and I will do my best to answer it succinctly and biblically. Hey, I also want to remind you that if you have not yet popped over to uh, uh, into iTunes to leave a rating and a review, you still have time to do that to put yourself into the drawing to win either a coffee mug or a t-shirt of your choice. Uh, go ahead and do that. I will try to put some instructions up in a blog post. Um, check out bitesizetheology.com for information about that if you are unsure of how to leave a rating and review. I want to encourage you all, again, happy Father's Day to you dads. Uh, It's a beautiful day here in Des Moines. Uh, Wherever you are, I hope that you can get out and enjoy the day in some fashion or enjoy your day in whatever capacity you find enjoyable. And uh, as always, I want to remind you to let your theology impact the way that you live your lives. God bless. (laughs) 